I don't know about you, but I am walking on the clouds. Amen? Amen. I'm up there on the clouds and I'm walking. I'm telling you, I don't know about you almighty warriors of God. We do have mighty warriors. Man, look at all these kids. Say, God, multiply. And if you didn't know, Sandy's been doing the kids program for a year. We have a great kids program uh, uh, curriculum that we pay for and is awesome. Uh, but Sandy said, Preacher Doug, I just got to get up in, in the preaching. I got to get in the meat in the word. So I'm a, this year I'm going to do it two Sundays, and we're going to pray somebody else will lead it the other two Sundays. Everything you teach is, is, is already put out for you. So you don't have to worry about preparing a bunch of stuff. It's already prepared. If there's anybody who would like to volunteer, uh, let us know because Sandy's standing strong. And I said, you know, the problem with stuff in church is if you volunteer for it, you got it the rest of your life. Remember them old churches? If you volunteer for Sunday school, you're going to be coming in there in a wheelchair preaching Sunday school. And I tell people, don't do that because that hurts you. If you're in a position that you don't want to be in, you need to step out because there's somebody that wants to step in that God has called, and somebody that God has called will do a, a, an awesome job. Not that you're not doing the job, it's just that you're tired, and, and sometimes you need to go to the mountain. But I praise God today, I'm here, I'm alive. You know, the problem a lot of time with mighty warriors is uh, they will wait till they get into battle before they start to pray. Now, you can ask my wife, I pray all the time. I never stop praying. So when I'm in the battle, I've already prayed about what's getting ready to happen. I know that I'm going to have a battle, and I just go, go for it. Man, I tell you, this week, that old flu attacked me, and I, I haven't had the flu for years. And uh, VA tried to tell me that I had COVID, and I, I pled the fifth on that. I do not have COVID. And I didn't, and I'm not. <coughs> But you know, man, I was down. I mean, the devil had me down, wallering me, and I was sick as a dog, and I kept rebuking him. I kept praying. I never stopped praying. I was sicker than a dog, and I kept praying. Then when I got too thick to think I couldn't pray any longer, I called Dustin. I said, Dustin, you need to pray with me. We started praying. I started fasting. The Lord said, sometimes prayer and fasting is the only way you can get rid of these demons. I'm going to tell you, church, I'm whoo, walking on the cloud today. I was so glad to be standing in the sanctuary, raising my hand. You know, you never know how blessed you are until you're down and you can't get up. You know what I mean? When you're really sick and, and it's just that you've done everything that you can do and you can't do anymore. And it seems like the minute you get to that place where you can't do anymore, that's when God says, okay, well, I'll take care of this now. That's when I'll take care of this. But, you know, it's a great place to be today. Uh, somehow, Dustin didn't get in the, in, in the announcements this morning, but Dustin's going to preach for us a little bit this morning. The still, still small voice. Man, I tell you, we are so blessed. You know, we've been in this season of Epiphany. Uh, this is the seventh Sunday of Epiphany. Next Sunday will be Transfiguration Sunday. And the next Wednesday will lead us into Lent, the 40 days of Lent. Now, I've been challenging you all 
what y'all going to do? What are you going to do for Lent? Now, I'm not, you know, you can mess around and play around with it if you want to, but I take, I take my salvation seriously and what I do for the Lord seriously. I'm giving up TV for 40 days. You can bet there's something major going to happen that I can't watch on TV. Last time it was a tsunami that hit Japan. Remember that? 40 days I couldn't watch TV. Couldn't watch what was happening. I can listen though sometimes. But that's what God put on my heart to do. I'm sitting there and God speaks. And I'm like, oh no, God. Oh yeah. We need more of my time. I'm so thankful, man. We're, we're having a, a, just a blowing out of the, of the moving of the Spirit in the ministries. Uh, we got two week care daycares now that are going to be up and running. Uh, man, in just no time, Awakening Ministry is going to be taking people in. Um, we're going to have at least 10 bedrooms outfitted for 10 people and ready to go there. We're taking classes now that we can teach, and, and God is moving. And, 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 you know, we got to celebrate recovery and mending hearts. I still can't figure out mending hearts, Angie, but we're going to figure it out. And Because uh, a lot of people know a lot of people who are drug addicts. And they need to talk to somebody, but they don't talk to anybody. And that's the biggest problem today with people who are struggling and dealing with family members with addictions is they have nobody to talk to or they don't think they do when really there's a bunch of people out here just like them. They're just afraid to step up and talk to somebody. And so we got that program. But, uh, man, I am so excited. Uh, we're going to do a 40-day campaign called the 40 Days of Prayer. I've already got the books, and I ordered extra books it's awesome. The teachers, I'll be giving the teacher their books today after church. Uh, I'm going to give you teacher's books, and I'm hoping we'll get more people to come to the connect groups in the morning because we're going to be teaching out these books, preaching out of the book, the whole 40, 40 days of Lent until we get to Holy Week. When we get to Holy Week, on Good Friday, we're going to hang on the crosses. Whoever wants to hang on the crosses, let me put it that way. Six hours, we hang on the crosses on Good Friday. I've had people ask me, well, preacher, are you going to hang on on Saturday? I said, no. Six hours on Friday is long enough. Well, they said, won't you hang on on Saturday? I said, Jesus didn't hang on the cross on Saturday, okay? On Saturday, he's getting ready to resurrected. But anyway, we're going to do that, man. I'm telling you, we're coming into a glorious time. You know why? Because we're going out of this old dead state of winter. We're coming into this spring. Isn't it amazing when Jesus starts to be resurrected, how everything starts to bloom? The flowers start popping. The trees start blooming. Everything starts becoming beautiful. And you're like, wow, this is what I like. Right? This is my part of the season. So, you know, I just want you to pray today. At the end of this service, I'm going to make a challenge to people. We've already had people giving us stuff. Uh, we've already have gotten a lot of stuff for Awaken, but we really need to do this last hit so we can get everything done. So that when those men walk in there, they'll only have to walk in there with the clothes on their back. We're going to supply everything they need. We're going to supply their beds, their linens, their blankets, their towels, their everything you can imagine, their food, their spiritual, everything. We're going to supply it all for free not going to cost them a penny. No excuse not to come to recovery because it's going to be completely free. And we're going to love on them till they give up. And so I want you just to pray.
as we go through the service. Uh, man, we got some great things getting ready to happen. God's moving, church. God's using people in, the, in, in our sanctuary, man. God's using people around us. Uh, God will use anybody if you allow him. And we got so many gifted people, I don't know, but man, let's give the, let's give the praise team a hand. And praise, praise team just getting better. And, and I'm glad to see we got a man now, because, we, well, we had Andy too, but I'm glad to see we got another man now singing up there. Uh, Andy's got that awesome bass, bass voice. But uh, I thank God for our worship. I love to worship the Lord. So, you know, I, I talked last week about Jesus, and he was doing all his teachings. And he went through the Sermon on the Mountain, and he went out, and then at the very last of that, he, he, he done four great miracles, because what did he want you all to know? There's nothing I can't do. Right? Right? He come to see the first thing, control of all the nature. Second thing, he cast out legions of demons. Remember? Then the woman touched him. She was healed. He can heal. And then the fourth thing, what did he do? He raised that girl from the dead. Nothing Jesus can't do. Nothing Jesus can't do. Stop telling God about your mountain and start telling your mountain about God. Amen. That's a problem we have. We'll get to whining and whining and say, oh, God, is it? Oh, what was me? Devil, you got no power here. Devil, I serve a mighty God. I walk in the power and authority and the anointing of God. You got no power here. That's what we need to be saying. Because if you speak it negative, guess what? It's going to come on you negative. So without any further talking, Brother Dustin, I'm going to turn it over to you. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's always good to follow up my brother and hear my brother talk. Uh, reminds me of a song. Mom sings to her dirty soon face. <laughs> I love Doug. We're, we're blessed to have Doug, Brother Doug here. Tell you what, for a man to be on fire like he is for the Lord each and every single day, that's special, guys. That's really special. I don't care what time you call Doug, and he doesn't care what time you call him either, but you will feel the love and the power of God through this man. I've witnessed it. I've been a part of it, and I love you, Doug. I love what you do. <laughs> Before, I start, before we start into the Word, I always like to begin with prayer because I, I'll be honest with you guys, I can't stand up here and do this. Every, every time that I've stood up on my own and I've tried to do anything on my own, I failed at it. So I have to make sure that I pray and that I ask God to help me get myself out of the way so that He can minister the Word that He needs to minister to you guys and to me. Um, not a note taker. I study the Bible each and every day. I study it very diligently, and I rely on God. I open my mouth, and he fills it. So that's what we're going to pray about. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Father. I ask, Father, that you get me out of the way. Move, Dustin. Move my thoughts. Move what's happened in my life this week that would enable me to minister your word, Father, and who you need it ministered to. I ask, Father, for the anointing to come on, Father. I ask, Father, that you touch our hearts, 
I ask, Father, that you put our minds to rest, that if there is a waxed heart in here, Father, that you unwax that heart so they can receive this message, Father. This message goes to the heart, Father. That's who you preach to is to our hearts, Father. Inscribe it in us so that we can use this against the world. And what the world has to offer is, is dead to us. And that what you have to offer is live to us, Father. Help me, Father. These frail clay lips just move me to the side, Father, and help me to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Today we're going to be in, we're going to start into 1 Kings. And the 1 Kings, uh, I believe it's chapter 14. Or chapter 19. It's chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. And we'll start in around verse 9. Yep. We're all on the same page. By the way, make sure you pray for our lady up there who's handling the computer system. Um, and pray for and pray for the one um, Jacob that's not here because he's sick. It usually runs it. So help us out there. Lord, we just pray for Jacob right now. Father, a healing. Bless him, Lord. Touch him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. Amen. In, in 1 Kings and, and in this scripture and leading up to this scripture, though, we, we find that, again, here's Elijah. Elijah, the prophet, a prophet that's been, that hears from God. He knows what God's doing. He's able to move and work, and God works through him in such a miraculous way that each and every single thing that Elijah needs God has always provided. Remember, he, was, he, was, he, he went against Baal. He went against the false prophet, uh, Baal, Baal. I can't ever remember that name. What is that name again? Huh? Yeah, trash. That's what I thought. <clears throat> I'm not much for all this false prophet stuff, or these false idol stuff. I'm telling you right now, the world is full of it, and we're missing what the false idols is. We have a... a, a I'm sorry, we're just going to go what the Lord's telling me to do. The secular music that's out here that we're listening to, I'm telling you right now that that is demonic. It is demonic and it gets in your head and it manipulates you in such a way that you have no idea what it's doing. Now, if it's able to do that to, to me, which it has done that to me, then think about your children that's hearing that trash. That's just, that's just a very light example, guys. A very light example of it. We have to make sure that these seeds that we're introducing into the world, that these seeds are good, godly seeds. Because believe me, there's plenty of ungodly seeds that are out there. You have a very short time with your children and you have a very short time with helping raise them. Remember what they do when they go to a public school is they're with them more than they're with you. Okay? So make sure that the time that you have, that you are instilling in them some good godly seeds. So Elijah, so Elijah he's, God's always taking care of him. No matter what, Elijah's always been taken care of. And we go into, into verse 9 and it says, And he came hither into the cave and lodged there. And behold, the word, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Now, let me back up just a little bit. Before that, God was telling Elijah where to go and what to do. He's telling him to go to the town in front of the gate. You're going to, see, you're going to meet a woman uh, that's a widowed woman. That widowed woman's going to, she's going to feed you. She's going to do this. Go to the creek. The, the, 
Crows will come. They'll feed you drink from the creek of Cherubeth. All this stuff is happening. God's always telling Elijah what to do. And now Elijah, Elijah goes to this cave. And the word of the Lord comes to him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And in verse 10, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and kill your prophets and with a sword. And, I, and even I only am left, and they seek to take away from me. Let that baby yell. Let that baby scream and yell, praise the Lord. Those little kids back there, all these children, that's our future. I don't care if a baby sits in here and cries the whole time, God bless that child. If that child wants to run around, God bless that child for being able to run around because there's many of them that can't. I'm telling you right now, let that baby yell. It don't bother me a bit. So, so now, so now he, he's, he's telling the Lord that I'm jealous. He's telling, the, he's, he's telling the Lord that he's mad. He's telling the Lord all the things that the Lord already knows. You see, it, it, let's, just, let's just be real on exactly what that's saying. Elijah has gotten in the flesh. Okay? And he's mad. He's jealous. He's angry. The, these, the, the, is, the children of God, the children... Of God, it says, the children of Israel have forsaken. So it's speaking about the Israelites, and, and, and Elijah's mad. All of the prophets have been, have, they've been murdered, they've been tracked down, they've been, uh, things have been happening to them. This is about when we start to see a shift, a shift in the strength and the power of God's people. Stay with me. Don't jump in off the wagon yet. Listen to what I'm saying. A shift because up until that time, God bless you, baby. You were something else. You were just so cute. Hey, what you doing? Huh? You, is it, you don't want that on? <laughs> so so at, this, at this moment, the prophets, let me, let me explain. Let me back up a little bit to you to the point of what the prophet was. The prophet at this time was a symbol of God. All right? So, so here, here's, here's the city. Here's all the people. They're living in a sinful nature. They're doing all the things that are ungodly. And, and they hear or they see that a prophet is coming. All right? When they hear that the prophet is coming, let me tell you, everybody changes the way that they act and the way that they think. It's like, it's like, whoop. Let's take off all these, these sinful clothes. Let's put on this sackcloth. Let's, let's, let's put the ash on. Let's, let's, oh, let's get down and pray. Let's start fast and let's repent because here comes a prophet, a man of God. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good that they would at least recognize that. But, but the, see, now a lot of the prophets, Elijah's telling us that they've, they've, they've killed them, that they're gone. This is when we see that they've lost the Christianity started losing its power in the sense of the prophet, of the men of God. Because they're killing it. They're not worried about it no more. They've got these false idols. And they, they get down and they pray for rain. Well, that didn't work for them either. Because remember, Baal, just before that, that's what he was supposed to be able to do. But they went into a, a drought for four years. Uh, estimated four years. And it took... 
Elijah who come and said, God will make it rain when he's ready, when I ask him to. That's what God does for a man of God. We ask him and he'll do it. So, so he says, right here, he says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. A great strong wind rent the mountains and broke, the pieces, and broke pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord went out, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an, an earthquake, an earthquake. but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in that fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Now listen, I'm going to do the best that I can right here to, to show you and teach you and allow you to understand that sometimes, a lot of the times, that our world is just too loud and too hectic and you have missed the still small voice. You have missed what God's telling you to do. Instead, we are looking for this big earthquake we're looking at the wind that by no means by no means am I downplaying all that stuff because it broke the rocks listen imagine this here's Elijah why was he even up there why was he up there he was up there because he was praying he was trying to get close to the Lord because he was broken okay he at this moment he, he's scared right we know that because all of his all the other prophets have been murdered right they've been killed and he's the last one left. That's what he said. He's scared. He's jealous. He's angry. He's worried about it that he's out of the will of God because he doesn't seem to be able to hear the Lord. And what does God show him? Listen. God wasn't in that wind. But God allowed that wind to happen. Don't jump off the wagon yet. Stay with me. God wasn't in the earthquake, but God allowed the earthquake to happen. Now I'm starting to get some head nods here. That's good. God was not in the fire, but he allowed the fire to happen. He's trying to show us that what these problems that we face that seem so big, that seem like they have us bound, that seem like that they're tearing us down, are not that big. It was big enough for, for Elijah to step out into this moment and witness this. Can you imagine? You're trying to hear from the Lord. You're praying. You've been able to hear from the Lord the whole time, and the Lord sends a wind, but he's not in it. That means he's not speaking in that wind. That wind meant nothing. And then here comes an earthquake. He, mind you, he's standing outside of this cave on his mountaintop. And here comes this earthquake. The wind blew so hard it said the rock busted apart. Then here comes an earthquake. And then here comes a fire. God wasn't in it. And then here comes a still, small voice. This still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood and entered in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him. And again, and again, 
the Lord says. What are you doing here, Elijah? Ain't that big. See? His problems, everything that was happening to him wasn't that big. What was big was what Elijah was anointed and what his gift was and what his job was for him to go do. That's what was big. But Elijah had forgotten all the things that the Lord had provided. He had forgotten all the things that he had already done and he had already overcome. He had forgotten that he walked straight in to, towards the king and he told him that the, the idols that they were worshiping were false. He forgot about all that strength and the power. But then when all of a sudden something bad started happening to everybody around him, whenever his bills started getting big, whenever his insurance seemed to want to fail him, whenever he has a doctor's appointment and the doctor that's not of God all of a sudden comes and gives you, uh, tells you that there's something wrong with you and you take that doctor's advice instead of going to the Lord and seeing what the Lord has to say and seeing what the Lord wants to do and seeing what the Lord's going to do and watching the mountain move we listen to what a doctor has to say and we allow that doctor to become our false idol just got hit home because I know you know why I know that it just hit home is because I don't hear nobody saying amen sometimes it gets real sometimes it gets real being a Christian. Sometimes it gets real when you go to work and, some, and there's somebody there that's just constantly nagging at you. Constantly prying at your faith. Constantly get, using those daggers. And it seems like they know exactly what to do, how to use them and where to push them. But what you forgot is you forgot that you are a child of God. What you have forgot is who you serve. What you have forgot is about that armor of protection that you may have forgot to put on. But I'll tell you what didn't happen is you have a preacher who prays every day about the armor of protection for you just in case you have forgotten. I make sure, I make sure that the devil knows who I am. I want him to know me. I do. I want, him, I want him to remember that this old boy, that was, I'm a black eye on his kingdom. A black eye. I want everybody to know that, yeah, I once served the devil. I did. There's no doubt about it. But the one that I serve now, the God that I serve now, the strength, the power, the authority that I have now, I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of what he can do. I'm not afraid of the temptations that he has for me. I'm not afraid of the doctors that he puts into my life that gives me a symptom or says that there's something wrong with me. I'm not afraid. That still small voice, that still small voice that's been shaking, it's been knocking at your door, that you've been, listen, you got, you got this still small voice. This is what a lot of times we do. We think it's a, that's the devil. Right? That's what we do. It's the flesh. It's how it works. Who was, who, there. He's talking to, earlier. We was outside talking to a group. Of, huh? 
Big John. A group of us men were out there talking. And God's trying to move this young man. He's trying to move this young man to help people. He's trying to move this young man into another season. That is the still small voice. Let me explain something to you. The devil told me to come and pray for you. Doesn't that sound foolish? Now, doesn't it sound foolish? Why would the devil tell us to go help somebody? Why would the devil devil tell you to step outside of your element to help you? This This is the way that it really works. God says that he's opening a door. He puts it on your heart to go help somebody. Here comes the devil. No, you can't do that. Now wait a minute. Why would God open the door, tell you to go help somebody? We already determined that it's not the de- that it's not the devil that tells you to go help somebody. So then, what keeps us from going and doing it? And that's it. This is the same way that it works whenever there's something inside of you that's moving you to want to come up here and pray or to ask for prayers or when Brother John or Brother Doug gets a word from the Lord of a healing. Why would the devil, why would the devil, John, let me just ask you. Why would the devil tell you that somebody has a problem and and he wants to heal it? (laughs) That don't work like that. But the devil's telling the one that's getting, that John's getting the word and he's telling you guys, God, that we know that's God because we just determined that the devil doesn't do that, that. But the devil is keeping you in your seat. And keeping you from coming and claiming the healing. We have some heads nods. We're getting some breakthrough. I can feel this. I can feel this. Okay. So so now let's let's look at it. Let's look at this in a different sense. Okay. You've been praying. For a change in your life. You've been praying for a family member. Seeing some heads nodding. So we've been, we've been doing this. We've been doing this, okay? And the Lord tells you to call and check on that person. Or the Lord tells you to ask for prayers Maybe I should just explain something real fast. Do you know that this, that you guys are called the church? We are called the church, but this is called the house of prayer? Amen. Amen, the house of prayer. I don't know about you, but, uh, but I do know about Brother John is that we come every single time to the house of prayer expecting to see a healing. 
expecting to see a miracle, expecting to see the Holy Spirit move on somebody. And when, when it doesn't happen, that doesn't mean that we don't believe that he's not real. That just means that we go and we fast and pray harder because the devil has told you not to move. Whenever I, whenever I preached, the Lord knows how, how I was going to preach when he called me to preach. Don't think that I'm mad. Don't think anything like that. I have a lot of intensity. If you, want, if you want to take it into this level, I'm a fanatic for the Lord. A fanatic. Yeah. When they, let me tell you about the legacy that I want to leave. Whenever I'm dead and gone, I want everybody to say that man was absolutely insane for the Lord. Absolutely crazy. Don't go to, you never went to Dustin unless you wanted to hear what the Lord had to say. Not what I have to say, it's not what I have to say. It doesn't matter about what I have to say. I can't save you. I can't do nothing for you. It's only what God does through me. To help break down these walls, to help break down what the devil's trying to do, to get you to start thinking in the realm of spirituality, to realize that we do not battle against flesh and blood. Impossible. Hear that? Impossible. So, what does that mean? That means it's a spiritual thing. I, myself as a pastor, can become a gateway to hell if I allow the devil to work through me like that. I choose to try to be a window of heaven. That's where I want to be. I want to help. I don't want to hurt. I want to speak life, life more abundantly. I don't want to come to steal, kill, and destroy nothing. I don't want to break you down. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to make you mad about anything. I just want you guys to understand and each one of us to understand that it's not the flesh and blood that we battle against. It's a spiritual realm. When you get angry, Jesus Christ got angry, guys. He got angry. But he didn't allow that anger to become sin he didn't allow it to become himself to become a gateway to hell. He didn't allow it. He didn't allow it. I get angry. Been angry before. I get angry about why people won't get out of their seats and come and get right with God. And I know that you can get right from right where you're at, but there's nothing like getting close to God. It's the reason why that Elijah was on the mountain. He's trying to get in a place where he can get to hear the Lord. It's a quiet place. The world has gotten you so baffled and so distraught. And it's tearing away at your spiritual soul that you guys cannot hear the voice of God. We think that he's in the wind. We think that he's in the earthquake. We think that he's in the fire. When the whole time he was in the still small voice of just being quiet. Of just being quiet. I, pr I pray that today, that, that this lesson, and there's, there's other scriptures that I could go into, and, and, and 
well, let's just go ahead and throw up uh, John 14, 20. <clears throat> there we go. At the end of the day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Listen at this. Do you hear this? Let me read this again. At the at the that day ye shall know. What day? What day? The day that you repent and the Holy Spirit comes and abides in you. Is it possible? Help me. Is it possible that the reason why you're not able to hear the still small voice is because what's filled up inside of you is not of God? It's of the trash of the world. It's possible. Listen, I was saved at a young age. I, my grandfather, 67 years in the pulpit, I knew God. And the world crept into my life, which I allowed it, and here I went on a spiral straight to hell, straight to hell. And thank God, by the grace of God, by His mercy, because I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. That what was instilled in me came back alive. In my biggest time of despair, my biggest time of brokenness. You know, whenever you're broken, whenever, you're, whenever you can't take no more, you don't go to the movies. You don't go to a concert. You find yourself a lot of times, most of the time it happens in the shower. You get in the shower, the water just hitting you and, and you're crying so that way nobody hears you crying. Well, let me tell you something right now. I serve a God. He hears every single tear that you shed. He hears every single hurt that goes inside of you. He knows every single hair that's on your head. He knows the brokenness of the world. He knows what it feels like to watch somebody get beat down. He knows what it's like to watch somebody get tore up. He knows what it's like for the world to come against them. He knows what it's like. The God that I serve, the one that I break down every single day and I pray to and I devote my life to, he says that you're his. Jesus Christ says that, he, that his father was in him and him and him and he's in you. Have you realized that you got Jesus Christ inside of you? Do you realize the strength that that man had? Still does, exactly right. That's inside of you. That's inside of you. Let the world tell you what the world wants to tell you. Listen to what God's got to say about it. And if you're not sure, 
And what it sounds like to hear God's voice, and if you're still not sure how to, how to get there, let me tell you something. Just open up your Bible or get you a Bible app and let the Word of God play to you. Because I'll tell you right now, God will start speaking to your heart. God will start lifting you up. God will start molding you. God will start bringing out the God that's in you, that was in Him, that is now in me. Let's throw up there Luke, uh, Luke 9.23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let me deny him, let him deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow me. This is exactly what you're doing. Whenever you decide... Nope, devil. Nope. I'm going to go ahead and move on what the Lord's telling me to do because now we've already established that, is, that it's, the, it's the Lord, not the devil, because he's telling us to help somebody. And then when you die to flesh, when you refuse the flesh, when you refuse what the, Lord's t- that the world's got for you, that's when you're taking up the cross. That's when you're taking up your Jesus Christ. That's whenever you're walking in the anointing. And, and let me tell you something about that anointing. I'm moving into yours? Uh oh. <laughs> I'm going anyway. So, 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 when you're in this anointing, whenever you're walking in, you've got you putting on that Jesus Christ. You're dying to the flesh and you're putting it on. Let me tell you something. You walk straight in to an adversity or a battle. And you might not even recognize it because the Lord that you just put on, the Holy Spirit that just, that's guiding you, very possibly just put a blocker on it and you never even realized that the Lord just made a way and you didn't even have to face it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what God does. We, we, are, we are a child of the Most High God. I'm going to say that again. We are a child of the Most High God. That means that we're not a child of the sometime God or the maybe God or the false idol God. We are the Most High God. Do you know what every single false idol tries to be? God. That's exactly what they try to be. And whenever you try to manipulate the situation that you have in your life, whenever you try to do it yourself and you try to make that mountain move yourself, instead of commanding, taking authority over it, and telling it to get in Jesus' name. It's that in Jesus' name part that we sometimes forget. We're trying to do it. We're trying to, like, God, listen, I know that you're real, but I think I can handle this one. You can't handle nothing. You can't handle nothing. Believe me, I thought I was a tough guy. Once upon a time, I walked on this on this earth, this clay earth, this trash earth, and I said, and I said, I got this. I got this. And I fought my way through and I beat my way through and I I crushed everything that was in my way or pushed them aside. I've got it. 
I got it all figured out. And then I realized, I got one thing figured out. I got one of the two paths that are real. I was headed to the path that led me straight to hell. You're going to find eternity one way or another. You're going to find eternity either in heaven or you're going to find eternity in hell. And this is what I would tell somebody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. That, it's, that you get tired, and, and we all do, but the Holy Spirit that's, that's here to lead and guide you does not get tired. Whenever you're sleeping, God's still healing somebody. Whenever you're sleeping, God's still making miracles. There, he does not stop. That's the spirit that we have is, the God, is that God's spirit. And the spirit that is inside of me never gets tired, is never stopped planning, is never stopped guiding. It is always working, even though this flesh gets tired. Even though. And if, if, so that means that there, that spirit, that's what's inside of you. If that spirit doesn't get tired, then that means that spirit doesn't grow old. That means that spirit cannot die. If I'm going to pick, and I know that there's one, there's two routes, heaven or hell, and my spirit's not going to die, let me tell you right now, I'm going to choose the pearly gates. I'm going to choose the streets of gold. I'm going to choose where money, emeralds, diamonds, nothing matters. They're on the wall. Nothing of that fleshly, of this materialistic world matters. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, are those my shoes? If there's somebody here, and if we could, we could get some light music. Oh, oh, never mind. I'm going to turn this over right now to our pastor, Doug. Thank you guys for allowing me to be here. I hope this blesses somebody. Is it on now? Yeah, there it is. There it is. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because I sent John my text, my title, my text, and, and, and my title is, But Who Do You Say That I Am? But Who Do You Say That I Am? Now, you got to understand, Jesus, during the time of Epiphany, we study all of his journey on earth. Right? We're studying his walking, we study his miracles, his ministry, everything he's doing. He's leading the disciples with him. Uh, you disciples, how you been doing? We've almost been a month in on this, right? Been about a month already? Are you, are you trying? I'm going to start challenging you now. I told you I'm going to let you slide for about a month and then I'm going to start, start asking you the questions. Who's in your covenant group? What are you studying? What kind of community service you got going on you want to do what kind of church service you got you want to do I'm going to start challenging this stuff because it's very important you see it was important for Jesus when he had the disciples and he'd carry them along and they went through all this stuff you know Jesus does all this teaching and, and then all of a sudden he breaks the bread 
And that was a crazy thing. I've been to where Jesus broke the bread at the table rock. I've been there sitting right on the Sea of Galilee. Seeing all that happen, and they're walking down the road, and they're still talking about little pity, trivialing stuff. How are we going to feed the people? How are we going to do this? Seeing all these miracles. So Jesus turned around, and he looks at his disciples, and he says, he says, who do people say that I am? Now, I might hit on these scriptures, or I might just blow right through them. I got this memorized by heart. You got it there, don't you? No, that's mine. Watch where it starts. Isn't that amazing how God works? Right where you stopped, or where I made you stop, is where I started. Um, but who do you say that I am? And they said, well, listen. Some say you're, what? What do you remember? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're prophet. What else? Some say you're Elijah. See, there's a lot of great people right there you're talking about. Boy, he was so much greater. Still hadn't figured it out yet, church. The disciples had walked with them all this time, and a lot of them still hadn't figured it out. And sometimes as we walk in this journey with God, we haven't quite figured it out yet. 